have two or three really clear, important material messages and limit the text to that. The Corn Report, a no-holds-barred review of what's hot and what's not in integrated reporting. The world's only integrated reporting podcast with your hosts, Neil and Simon. We're back with the Koan Report, bite-sized one this time, and we're going to talk about CEO statements and tips for CEO statements. So we are Koan, we're a reporting agency based in in Amsterdam, and I'm Neil, and I'm joined by Simon Klo. Simon? Good morning. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Looking forward to the summer. (laughs) Isn't it? You're in France at the moment. I am in France at the moment, yeah. Where it is is summer. Um, It has been summer, but there was an absolute deluge last night. Oh, really? It's quite cool today. Yeah, that's quite nice. Anyway, so I'm joined by Simon. We're going to we're going to talk about five tips on how to write a good CEO statement. And I thought I would talk about where this comes from. I wrote an article, very very well written, I must say, <laughs> edited by Simon on our on our blog. And actually, it's our most popular content. We get a lot of hits coming through Google and and people doing searches how to write a CEO statement. And We've done this because I think for me personally, I, we were reading a lot of CEO statements and reports that I thought could be a lot better. And, and mm-hmm. I thought with some simple you know, modifications, you could make that a far more powerful statement or interview or letter, however the format is that you decide. So we came up with this and as I say, it's been quite popular. So I thought it'd be good to talk through it in audio format and in a podcast, but also to look at it, we wrote that pre-pandemic, to look at it from post-pandemic and see mm-hmm. how would this fit against that framework and would you change anything you know would you do anything differently or would it be a case of using that framework and actually it helps you to to cover the pandemic so that was the reason behind this this podcast i thought it'd be quite good before we go there i thought it might be good to talk very briefly about what else is going on in the world and and also the the reporting world so i think uh, the pandemic is getting a little bit more under control thanks to vaccinations less people are dying which is good we're able to travel again soon you've had your vaccinations you're ready I just to had my, uh, i just had my second vaccination or i assume be invincible <laughs> you're ready to explore the world but i think it's good i mean what is a bit worrying is the delta variant is taking hold hopefully i mean we should see less uh, less restrictions than before due to the vaccination so and also the vrf was finally formed the value reporting foundation finally the iirc and sasb have merged yes uh, that's been Excellent. finalized now quite what that means um it's a whole new world for integrated reporting well that's the idea right yes that's the idea <laughs> I, I mean i think i think it's i think it's going to be good uh, it's a matter of timing you know how, how long is it going to be before we, we begin to see the fruits of that labor if you will yeah um, so that's good a- anything else simon that i've missed in reporting worlds i mean we, we've been working a lot we're working with a pharma client at the moment working on a, an asset manager on, a, on an esg report so um, i think it's going to be a busy year coming up um, it is, yeah which is nice yeah so anyway, let's go on to CEO statements, which is what we're here to talk about. And I thought it would be good, as I say, let, let's let's use the article as a basis and talk about the five tips. And before we do that, I thought, Simon, I wanted to hear your thoughts on, do you think anything has changed since this? So the pandemic has gripped hold of the world. Do you think people should take a different approach to their CEO statement? Or do you think 
based on the on 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 the five tips mm-hmm. that we're going to talk about that this still stands. Well, um, I just reread the article we wrote because obviously, as you said, we wrote it before the pandemic. Yeah, and I, I think you know generally as a framework, it works. I mean, what, what the pandemic changes is is actually the content. It's it's what you talk about. I don't think it's changed anything in in, in the basic advice in, in, yeah. the, in the in the in the tips that we came up with. Well, that's good to know. So we have timeless mm. advice out there. Maybe that's why it's so popular. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it's popular. People are looking. They, they let we see the searches that people people search yeah. for that arrives at our content, and it is how do I write a CEO statement, <laughs> and that's where yeah. they, they come. So it's good, and they stay around. They they, yeah. they use the. Content. I mean, the idea originally was to write something that was applicable to all sectors, yeah, and 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 so to all circumstances. And I, I think so. What the pandemic has changed, of course, is the circumstances of individual companies, and yeah. obviously that varies from company to company. Um, but I think the general framework is uh, it, it's still valid. Nice. That's good. Let's not delay. Let's go on, right? So number one, right, that we wrote about was have something to say. And our idea behind this was have some clear messages. You know, don't go in with everything. Don't overload it with stuff, but have two or three clear messages uh, that you want to get across and focus on this. So tell us more about why a report preparer or a writer should be thinking about that and how they would... Um, put that into practice. Yeah. I, well, and, I think... Um, and think about COVID as well, you know. How yeah, I mean, I, th- I think generally speaking, your, your CEO message is an opportunity to communicate. And it's very often the thing that's most read in a report or sometimes the thing that's on- the only thing that's read in a report. Um, so this is an opportunity. You, you've got a bit of real estate here. You've got, a, uh, you know, a page or two to get across your, your, your message. And I think if you limit the number of messages... So two, have two or three clear messages to say in that CEO letter or CEO interview and say them. And yeah. that is the most effective way, I think, of communicating. Because the risk is if you load too many messages into that space, into the CEO letter or, or interview, they just get lost. So have two or three really clear, important material messages and limit the letter, limit the text to that. What would you say are the common pitfalls then is people just putting too much, too many subjects, too many topics, losing focus, that kind of thing? There's a tendency to make these things too long. There's a tendency to go back over the previous year when actually the rest of the report will do that. There's a tendency as well to say, well, everything has to go into this because this is the CEO. The CEO has to say something about the environment. He or she has to say something about the HR. They they have to say something about the financial performance. So I think the, the temptation is always to make these things much longer. I mean, we were looking at a report the other day actually just this morning, and uh, I looked at the CEO message and it was four pages of fairly dense text, which at a quick glance I reckon was 1,500, 2,000 words. And of course my first reaction as a reader is, I don't want to read that. I I don't have the time and I don't really have the inclination to sit down and read four pages of fairly dense text. So what you really want to see there is something that is maybe not necessarily covered in so much detail in the report or looking ahead rather. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think that's the other point is you've got to think about what is actually covered in the rest of the report. So yep. occasionally you see CEO messages that will go over the financial results of, mm. the, of the previous year. Now, of course, you know, it's important that the CEO mentions what happened in the, in the year past and mentions the financial performance. But what you don't need is you don't need the CEO to go over in detail with the numbers because those numbers are elsewhere in the report. And that also goes for a lot of other things as well. 
you very often see now CEOs have obviously been told to get something non-financial in there in the opening paragraph. When <laughs> you yes. see you see companies sort of lobbing something in there at the beginning and then just never talking about it again. And, and so, exactly, and it becomes very tokenistic. So, yeah. I mean, what you've got to think about is so obviously this is integrated reporting. So you've got to think about the company performance as a whole. So how non-financial or ESG affects your financial. So when you're looking at those two or three messages, you have to think: well, what are the big things that we really have to deal with? So occasionally. You'll have a you'll have a, an event that completely dominated the year. So um, we did a podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago on Rio Tinto. So that that incident with you can watch. Yeah, exactly. With um, I mean that obviously dominates. So you'd want to see and you'd expect to see that as a reader. You'd expect to see that come back in the report. But I mean, even companies that have more conventional years, you know, you know what's important for the company during the year. You know whether that is climate change or whether that was the financial performance. Uh, yeah. And I think that's what you want your, your CEO to focus on. Yeah. Number two, so we're going through five tips here and one of them is, the, the, the second one is be simple and concise. Yeah. And this is about, you know, using clear and direct language, avoid jargon, don't be too technical and, and try and keep the text short. So we tend to look to to get CEO statements around about six to 700 words tops. Anything to add on that? I think like that sort of goes to what we were talking about before. So, I mean, there's an added element here, which is so there's the be concise, be short. So make sure that you don't put the reader off just looking at the page, make sure it's digestible, but also just avoid that technical language, avoid the jargon, avoid too much business speak because you're trying to communicate here and the best way of communicating is to write as you're speaking as you would usually speak so don't try and be too clever don't load the text down with jargon make it simple make it easy you know make it quick for somebody to read yeah um so you often find in any text that is too technical or uh, there's too much jargon that you, that a reader will have to read and reread sentences well as soon as that happens you're losing readers so make yep. it simple and make it clear. It's interesting. What you see now as more reports go online is you see videos, CEO messages yep. being in a video, which I think is a very good format when done correctly, but often it's not. So they give them this really horrible script and they just look so uncomfortable reading it. We, we had a, a yep. joke about this when we were reviewing, I think it was Rio Tinto's report, and he was talking about Yukan Gorge. It was either the chairman or the CEO, and he just looked so uncomfortable. Like it just didn't yep. look natural at all. And that's... Great that they're using video as, as a medium to get the point across, but then make sure it's natural, make sure it fits yeah. the person. And I think what people... I mean, it's not, it's not easy. And of course, a lot of CEOs don't have broadcast experience. So yeah. the one thing you're gaining with video is that for the consumer, it's easier to watch a video. It's easier to watch a three-minute video than it is yeah. to, to read through a thousand words of text. Yeah. But as you said, you've got to make sure it's still that you're focusing, even more so with video, you're focusing on two or three clear messages so that when that video finishes, the reader knows exactly what your message is. Mm. And then the rest comes down to sort of good broadcast experience or good, yeah. good broadcast practice. Number three, address the real issues. So this is about concentrating yeah. on the issues that matter and where you as a company have most impact. This is an interesting one because I think this is most important now than when we think about COVID, maybe in last 2020 reports, you know, we, yeah. would, we expected and I think we saw it, which was nice to see, that most CEOs cover COVID. And yeah. it's interesting because we talked about this in the last, the last podcast. There was not one CEO that said we didn't manage to uh, to <laughs> deal with this uh, this pandemic very well, no. and I don't think anyone would. But it was it was good to see that they were they were covering it. So yeah, I, I think that's where where yeah. this has worked. You know, in many ways, there's a set format that companies use to do a CEO message, and that set format is you begin with the previous year, 
You say how that was from a financial point of view. You try and squeeze in a, a paragraph on ESG. You thank all of your employees and shareholders and stakeholders and so on. And then you give a final paragraph that uh, gives you an outlook for the following year. And I think actually we should be trying to turn that on its head. We should be saying, right, what are the big issues now for the company? As I'm writing, what are the big issues? What does a reader of this report want to see? And again, it varies, of course, from from company to company and from sector to sector. But actually, that I think is is the way you should approach this. It's not you don't necessarily have to follow that format. And in fact, I think you're probably turning a lot of readers off by following that format. You should focus on what are the big issues, what's the big news, what what am I really? And you know, um, Rio Tinto is an easy example because of Duke and Gorge. But you know, with other companies, what's your big issue? What's what are you really looking? to focus on what's really affected you. And it comes down to balance as well, because that issue, it might be a positive issue for you. It might be something that's really pushing your business forward. But by the same token, it could be something that is actually a negative, something you've done or something that's happening to your market. We said in this article and and still continue when we advise clients is don't be afraid of negative issues. Don't be afraid to talk about it because I think your stakeholders want to see this. They expect to read it. They want to know more about it. And so often you don't see that. You don't see balance. Um, It was very welcoming to see in the Rio Tinto report (laughs) Um, throughout was this 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 you can go they couldn't ignore it it was too big a, no, a, an incident big. not to but you see it with other issues that are negative they should cover it and they don't cover it enough and I, yeah. I miss that and, and it's also it. it's also your opportunity to communicate so it's your opportunity to, to bring across your side of the story of what happened and what we're going to do about it so even yeah. if it's a negative you can't leave a vacuum You've got to get your your message out there. You've got to say, okay, you know, maybe it's an apology for something you, you've not done well. Maybe it's an explanation. But the most important thing is to focus on sort of what is our message here and how are we going to sort of tackle this this issue. Okay, number four, be personal. So we talk about, you know, a CEO as a leader. The leadership is very important. They set the tone usually of the company. Um, and the readers want to know what the CEO is thinking. And again, this is where I think video, if used appropriately, can really get that across. What should the company be thinking about when they want their CEO to be personal? I mean, they're obviously not going to talk about their partners and children and these, but you know, what's personal? How, how, is it, how can a CEO well, be personal I think, in a I mean, I think it's about your values. You know, most readers and certainly most viewers of videos can smell insincerity. And I think you're trying to get some sincerity into this. You're trying to convey some notion of the CEO's value. And you're doing that because it's actually very important. Mm. Because no matter what part of the business you're talking about, that message from the top really matters. So, you know, the way you approach HR, what the CEO says really matters. As people take their cue from the CEO, you know, how you deal with the environment, it really matters what the CEO's opinion is. It's hard to have a company that takes a responsible approach to the environment when the CEO, for example, is is effectively a climate uh, yeah. change denier. So because that's so important, this letter is part of that. So it needs to get to the CEO's personal values. Yeah. And how do they approach life? How do they approach some of these important questions that your your company is confronted with? Because it is important. It is an important signal for your stakeholders and for your investors as to what direction the company is taking and, um, you know, what approach it's taking to the big issues. Yeah, that's a good point. And you see it in the clients that we've worked with. And when I was working in corporate life, if the CEO was not behind an initiative, it could die very quickly. It's going nowhere. Yeah. So you really need that leadership. Number five, look forward, not back. So we touched on this in the beginning. We talk about it's the CEO's job to look forward. They should be, you know, the the pilot of the ship setting the agenda. 
What do you think about that? I mean, do you think, do you see enough of this? Do you, I mean, uh, it's difficult now because all of the reports and the CEO statements are, are very pandemic heavy as, as they should be. But uh, you do see some examples where they're trying to look ahead and say, but we're, we're set up for the future. We've seen that in some of the mining uh, reports that we looked at recently. What's your thoughts here? It's not always easy, partly because of, of, of regulatory requirements, so a forward-looking statement always uh, always carries more of a risk in it. And of course, it's particularly difficult at the moment because visibility with regard to the economy and society in general isn't, isn't great. But I, I think it's more about, so there are two aspects to this. I think, first of all, it, there's no point going over what happened during the previous year in, in too much detail, mm. partly because, you know, we've all lived it, we've all experienced it, we know more or less what happened. What's more interesting is actually here, at the cusp of the year, so going from 2020, for example, into 2021, what are we expecting the new year to bring? It's not just looking forward and saying, well, our market will do this or the economy will do this. It's also saying, well, what are our priorities in the new year? Where are we going to spend money? Where are we going to allocate capital? Where are the big challenges coming? And I think there, most companies have a have a clear view of that. And I think you can include that in the CEO message. In fact, that is exactly what the CEO message should be doing. It should be giving you some direction and some leadership and some explanation of where are we in the strategy cycle? How well is it going? What have we implemented? What do we still have to do? What are we doing well? What are we not doing well? It's that kind of message that I think companies should concentrate on. I often look at reports and I, I'm, I'm maybe a bit too dogmatic in my thinking here, but you, you see, if I read the CEO report uh, statement, interview, letter, however they want to call it. Or let's think about a letter, actually. <laughs> You'll sometimes read, dear shareholder, and I think, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And then they'll just talk about financials, purely financials. And then they might drop something in at the end or, or something a bit non-financial. Right. That immediately, whether right or wrong, makes me think they're not taking non-financial aspects seriously. Yeah. And I think, I mean, there's sort of two aspects to that. One is that there's no need to go over the financial performance of the year because you've already done that. Yeah. I mean, most companies report quarterly. They issue a press release. There's yeah. often an IR presentation. Yeah. It's quite often quite often the case that the CEO and the CFO go on uh, interviews and they go on roadshows. You have explained the financial performance a thousand times, and you you've issued your fourth quarter, your full year results separately, and the the financial results are somewhere else in the report. So there's no no need really to go over in detail anyway the financial performance. Where it becomes important is is how that conditions the year coming. Yep. So, you know, a company that's obviously made a made a big loss as a reader of the report, as a stakeholder in inverted commas, I want to know how you're going to rectify that, how you're going to improve performance. Yep. A company that's got a lot of capital, what are we going to do? Are you going to, are you talking about share buybacks? Are you talking about investing? Are you talking about M&A? So again, it's the fallout from the financial performance, I think that's really important that I want to hear about as a reader of, of these reports. And then, yeah, the non-financial thing, it, that is about... I think, choosing your audience. So if a CEO letter begins, dear shareholder, there's a very clear choice of audience there. It's a, it's a, you're talking to financial Yeah, no, I get that, but where, where it becomes a problem for me is when you read that it's an integrated report. And ultimately, an yes. integrated report is for investors. So I, I don't want to take it away too much, but I feel you miss an opportunity there to be a little bit more inclusive. That's all. As I say, I think I'm maybe a bit too dogmatic, but I, it makes me think the culture and the way they're thinking about non-financial items and sustainability, etc., is is not where I'd Possibly. like Possibly. But of course, if you take a, a serious approach and you say, right, this report we're writing for our shareholders, for providers of financial capital. But in the letter, we are going to talk about how non-financial affects financial. Yeah, uh, We're going to talk about, you know, how our approach to HR feeds through to our P&L and our financial performance. 
Then I think that is a perfectly valid approach. I think if you're saying, okay, this is an integrated report, but we're just going to talk about financial matters and we're going to say dear shareholder at the top, then yes, that's a, that, that's an issue. Yeah. Um, yep. But again, it goes back to, you know, define your audience properly. Which is another matter and another podcast subject all in itself. So at that, we'll stop there. We just wanted to do five tips. Some good examples. I didn't do too much research into this, but if I had more time, I'd actually like to, like we did when we were doing the article. But this article was born, I think, out of L'Oreal. I'm not sure how to say that with a proper French accent, L'Oreal. <laughs> I don't think you need to. They're too international now, aren't they? That's true. So because because was... you're worth it as well as anyone else. <laughs> exactly. Which is the luxury items brand or makeup and cosmetics. And uh, they had a very good CEO letter a few years ago, which I, I remember Like he was talking... You felt like it was genuine. It had all the elements we spoke about and, and, and it was very focused, which I thought was good. Looking back to what we done recently was the Rio Tinto report. Although we weren't, I wasn't a massive fan of the, the report, I had a lot of improvement points. The CEO message, again, also had improvement points, but they, they covered the big issue and they had to. But it was yep. nice to, to see that. And it's also nice to see many, many, many reports now are... Uh, they have to again, but they're they're covering COVID. They're not shying away from it. I would like to see a little bit more transparency about the impact on the business, but we, you know we can yeah. wish. With COVID, I think um, so. We we've been through so the last the 2020 reports um, that came out in 2021. You saw you saw coverage of COVID, but I think most of it was really about the immediate impact. Yeah, not the long term. So vision. so you know what happened to the economy? How did we organize ourselves? How did we protect? It was very reactive, which is very which is very reactive and. and yeah. and justified at that moment with the new reports that we're we're going to be preparing now for publication in 2022 i think one thing you'd like to see is more ceos talking about structurally what's happening in their market so how has the pandemic actually yeah. changed you know air travel for example or, yeah. or the leisure and tourism industry i mean we're talking about possibly really big structural changes in these Yeah, markets. we had these conversations, I remember, with a client in the sort of real estate slash retail sector. We were having similar conversations. So yeah, I understand. Okay, well, thanks, Simon, on that. Okay. We'll, we'll finish up. It was a bite-sized uh, Koan report. We'll leave it there and we'll be back with something new next. Fabulous. You've been listening to The Koan Report, the no-holds-barred podcast about all things integrated reporting. You can find notes and materials discussed on the show at thekoanreport.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at The Cohen Report. The Cohen Report. How will you report next year? 